Please lower your head and watch your step while boarding. Welcome to the Attractions Podcast. You are all clear for dispatch. Have fun. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 224 of the Attractions Podcast, sponsored by MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. I'm Seth. And I'm Carly. And normally we would be here to talk to you about the latest and greatest in theme park news and more as well as, as well as what's going on in our own lives. And I would ask Carly how she's been. But uh, things are a little different this week. We are pre-recording this episode right before uh, the week before Christmas. Uh, we are going to be releasing this as a bonus episode over the holidays. So we can have a little break with our families. We hope you are enjoying your break with your families. Uh, but we're going to mix things up a little and do something a little different. Instead of just talking about the latest news, uh, we are going back and looking over the top theme park news stories from our website over the past year. Uh, yes, is, I love a good countdown. <laughs> yes, this is from uh, January 1st. Uh, through December, uh, I believe, 16th, when we compiled this list of 2023. And this is not my picks or Carly's picks. This is no. not what we, the stories we liked the most or we thought were the most important. Most important. Uh, this is chosen by you, our readers, uh, by what you clicked on. This is a uh, purely a popularity contest of what theme park stories got the most attention on our website. And I will say as a side note, um, uh, if we had not filtered this down to theme park stories and we included <laughs> all stories on our website, uh, I would mostly be talking about McDonald's Happy Meal toys uh, because Crazy. for whatever reason, Every time we write about a McDonald's Happy Meal toy, that goes crazy. <laughs> you know what? Like, I I love to find out the numbers, you know? It's always the stories that I think are going to hit really don't. Yeah. And then just really bizarre stories that take off. And it's just so fascinating. Uh, but yes, the McDonald's thing was definitely a surprise. <laughs> so uh, we are going to jump right into it. We are going to count down the top 10 theme park news stories of the year from attractionsmagazine.com. Uh, and we are going to jump into the news in that year long queue right now. All right, starting out at number 10 is a story that is very timely because we just recently had. Uh, the opening of one of the last components of Epcot's reconstruction, uh, but it's still not completely done. And back in June, uh, June 13th of 2023, uh, Theron White, uh, our colleague who has moved on to his own website, uh, Happy Holidays Theron, uh, he posted a great article <laughs> pointing out that it had been 2,155 days since the announcement of Epcot's makeover, um, and things were still not done then. And honestly, they are mostly done now, but there is still the Festival Center, uh, which has still not been completed. So this countdown 
could still be continuing. We just, we can't even, we can't even yes. do it anymore. I mean, we can't even. We're in a better place because there's less construction walls. Yes. And it's just like Epcot is my favorite park at Walt Disney World. And it just was so painful to deal with these construction yeah. walls. So a lot of them are down. There's still construction walls up. So still an active construction zone, but we're getting there. So it, it's hard to imagine now, but uh, the announcement that Epcot would be rebuilt was made in 2017. Oh. Like children that were born when this announcement was made are now like in, in you know, school. elementary school, <laughs> almost. Um, I mean, this was pre-pandemic, you know, like... Uh, I, I love how, how Theron put it in this article. Like, since the announcement was made, we have gone through a worldwide pandemic, two Disney CEO changes, 16 Marvel film releases, and three different Walt Disney World fireworks shows. Uh, and actually, you can add another couple of fireworks shows to that by now. Uh, it's amazing. Um, so uh, World Celebration uh, is officially open, even though it's not 100% complete. Um, but... This rebuild of the center of Epcot, I think, took longer than anyone could have possibly imagined it would. Uh, it's pretty baffling, uh, having now experienced it. I mean, don't get me wrong, I do enjoy it in the evening, but I do not know what took so long. Now, uh, granted, um, there, there was a lot. It wasn't just, you know, redoing the gardens in the middle of the park and ripping out the fountain and replacing it with a planter. Um, there was also, uh, the creations shop and the connections cafe that was built. Uh, we've got the new journey to, of water inspired by Moana walkthrough. Um, we've got that new Walt Disney at dreamers point statue, mm -hmm. which the bench around him looks nothing like the concept art that we had, but okay, fine. Um, but you know, it, as we talked about last week, uh, or <laughs> last week when we were recording this, uh, about a month ago, when you're listening to this, um, I really like, especially at night, uh, mm -hmm. the new um, Central Plaza. I really, I think it's a very welcoming place to just hang out. It puts the park in theme park, uh, as yep. as we say in this article here. Um, lots of trees, lots of greenery. Um, it's very relaxing. Uh, and lots of places where you can sit and eat without needing to stand over a trash can. Oh, so. Yes, and charging ports. I mean, I really do enjoy, again, we've yeah. talked about this. It's a place where you can actually hang out, which mm -hmm. for Epcot, it needs that because you're picking up a wine, you're picking up a beer, but like you just want to sit. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, hopefully that will be improved even more when, as we said, the <clears throat> the final component falls into place. Uh, they basically tore down interventions or Communicore in order to just sort of rebuild part of <laughs> Communicore. Uh, except more square. Um, but uh, there will be a, a place to meet with Mickey and friends, as well as an air-conditioned uh, environment to have a festival center. Uh, and that will be very welcome. Um, still some construction walls to come down sort of near the, uh, the water treatment plant and uh, around on that west side. Uh, but it is, it's, it's definitely come a long way. We just <laughs> never thought it would take quite this long uh, to get there. And yeah. uh, we do have to kind of mention the elephant in the room, which is that several major components of the Epcot rebuild, which were promised uh, and advertised, even had a preview attraction, you know, preview center for them. It uh, looks like will not happen now, like the new right. film in China, um, the uh, Mary Poppins attraction, 
uh, and the uh, reimagination of Spaceship Earth. All those uh, are indefinitely on the back burner. Very so. bummer, especially about Mary Poppins. Happy about Spaceship Earth because it's classic and I don't want to change it, but yes. So that is our number 10 story. And next up, Epic Construction. <laughs> uh, we are. This is going to be a recurring theme. We're going to return to Epic Universe more than once today. But uh, back in March, uh, we were already seeing huge progress on five roller coasters at Universal's Epic Universe. Uh, and thanks to BioReconstruct, who uh, I'm sorry I did not give full credit to when discussing that last article, but uh, he is an absolute genius of uh, aerial photography. He seems to be hanging from a helicopter every other day uh, and uh, has brought us more uh, you know, spy satellite information about the construction of new things at Disney and Universal and other parks around uh, Florida. Uh, so we're very grateful for his contributions. Um, and uh, one of them is this uh, article diving into the construction of the various roller coasters coming to Epic Universe, the big new park Universal is opening in 2025. Yes, like between him <clears throat> and Alicia, we pretty much know every single detail yep. about this park before it's even officially announced, you know. We know uh, they've announced up in universe, but really no real details, but we kind of uh, figured it out. So uh, in case you are not uh, totally up to date on the roller coasters we're discussing, um, working our way around the park, uh, Epic Universe is going to have uh, a uh, Super Nintendo area with a Donkey Kong minecart roller coaster, which we'll be talking about a little bit more uh, later on. Um, it's got a... Uh, Universal Classic Monsters with a spinning uh, launched Wolfman roller coaster. Um, we have uh, a um, roller coaster in the How to Train Your Dragon area. Mm -hmm. uh, and we've got two roller coasters in one. Um, a In the hub is going to have a space-themed pair of dueling roller coasters. Um, and this is, you know, back in March, this is very early construction. We are now seeing uh, all these coasters topped out, uh, track completed, theming going on, uh, test carts on the tracks. Um, it is incredible how far along this whole project is. And it is still like a year and a half away from officially opening. I, I honestly can't believe it. Just looking at these pictures. I mean, this was just this year and what we mm -hmm. see now, like basically completed rides, yep. you know, foundation wise. Uh, it's unbelievable how they are like rocking and rolling hardcore. Yep. Uh, no pun intended. These roller coasters are absolutely rocking and rolling <laughs> already. Uh, we'll be coming back to them a little bit more. Uh, but that was our number nine story. And number eight, uh, as I mentioned, these are the most popular stories of the year, not necessarily the most popular stories written this year. Uh, here is an oldie but good goodie written back in 2021, but folks are still clicking on it Love to it. learn tips to boost your score on the Web Slingers Spider-Man adventure all the way out in Disney California Adventure. I am uh, so bad at this attraction. <laughs> I think I need to uh, refresh myself with this article because I my arms just flail everywhere. I mean, I have a good time doing it, but 
I'm not the best web slinger. Yes. So uh, if you haven't been out to Avengers Campus at uh, the Disneyland Resort, uh, this is Disney's take on a 3D Spider-Man ride uh, that is not Universal's 3D Spider-Man ride. Uh, instead, this is uh, an interactive shooting gallery with webs very similar to Toy Story Mania, except instead of having a physical object that you use to launch, uh, you are just flinging your hands. It's using it's a, it's a uh, motion capture. Yeah. It, is a, it is a workout. You definitely can end up with a little, uh, little wrist fatigue. Little tennis elbow. It is a fun, you know, re-rideable attraction to try to get uh, the high score. Uh, personally, I don't feel like it's quite the e-ticket that uh, Universal Spider-Man ride is. Um, but if you're a fan of things like uh, Buzz Lightyear and Toy Story Mania, this is, you know, this is another uh, game to add to uh, your repertoire. Um, so... The the hints that we include here, uh, the first is to know your spider bots. Uh, in order to score in this game, you're trying to hit spider bots with webs that you sling uh, at them. Um, they all have different colors, and different colors mean different scores. Uh, so you kind of want to don't get distracted by the red and blue ones, because uh, those are only worth 300 points. You want to look for the ones that are gold because those get you 6,000 mm -hmm. points a piece. Um, but the other thing you want to look for is Easter eggs uh, and hidden objects and triggers uh, like uh, levers or buttons uh, because those can trigger uh, bonus scores. Uh, and you want to cooperate with the other folks in your car uh, to work towards getting those. Yes, I am not good at this ride. So <laughs> it's all going in one ear and out the other. You know, it's like Whoops. it's taking me years to master Men in Black. So I think I'm far away from mastering what's like. Well, if you want, uh, if you want a cheat code, um, the they sell it uh, in the form of web tech. Uh, these are devices <laughs> that you can buy at the gift shop. Uh, it's a little wrist bracelet that you slap on, and when the ride detects that you're wearing one of these, you get upgrades. Uh, you get uh, more efficient blasters. It uh, makes it uh, a lot easier to hit those targets. Um, here is one little tip. Uh, if you want to invest in one of these, uh, which, uh, you know, they run 30, 40 bucks and up, um, put it on, uh, wear it while you're loading into the ride and wait until the system detects that you're wearing it. But then once it detects it, then you can take it off. They're kind of heavy and clumsy. Um, and uh, it'll definitely fatigue your wrist wearing it. Um, once <laughs> once it's activated, you don't actually need to keep wearing it throughout the ride. So that's a little secret. Uh, and the other secret is that teamwork does count. Uh, you don't just get individual scores. You also get a, a group score for uh, the car. So, uh, you know, don't everyone go for the same um, target, kind of uh, break it up. Uh, it, it helps if the people on the outside sort of shoot towards the corners and the people sit in the middle kind of focus in the center so you're not crossing over each other's arms. But that can't always go as planned because you will be sitting <laughs> with people you don't know. That is really true. That is true. Sometimes it's, just, myself, so. sometimes it's just every person for themselves. <laughs> Um, my other uh, my other big tip for web slingers is you do not need to make the, uh, the Spider-Man symbol with your hands. Uh, karate chop works just as well and but it's uh, fun though yeah it is it is fun but like this you kind of it really kind of
kind of you know carpal tunnel sets in yeah you just you can just karate chop away you'll be fine all right uh next on the list uh, I promised you more Epic Universe news, and we had back on July 23rd a deep look into construction of Super Nintendo World, uh, and folks are very excited. Even though this is going to be the third Super Nintendo World, we've already got one in Japan and one in Hollywood. Uh, the one in Orlando is looks to be the biggest, most complete one yet, and uh, folks are very excited about progress on it. I'm very excited. I love the one in Hollywood, but definitely like want more, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think we're gonna we're gonna get that in Orlando. Yeah. So this uh, construction update from a few months ago, obviously a lot of progress has been made since, uh, but it shows progress on the three big rides in the land. That's the Mario Kart Koopa's Challenge uh, dark ride. Or actually, uh, the Orlando version, I think, is going to be called Bowser's Challenge. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, the Yoshi's Adventure Dark Ride and the Donkey Kong Minecart Coaster. Yes, I'm uh, really hyped. Uh, Universal Studios Japan has released some good videos of the Donkey Coaster because they're getting it first. Mm -hmm. And it, I'm, I cannot wait. It's yes. Great. We will definitely be talking more about that. But uh, these are really fun photos to look at uh, because you can see the shapes of all the Mushroom Kingdom buildings, uh, but they're still just kind of, uh, you know, yellow insulation and drywall. Uh, and now a lot of this has been covered up with theming. Uh, it's really made huge progress. So it's kind of cool to see the infrastructure of it uh, now that a lot of it has been filled in. And again, thanks to BioReconstruct for uh, for these great construction progress photos. Oh, yeah. I have a quick question. So you know how when theme parks are complete, there's like an FAA regulation where you can't fly your personal drones? What point does that switch over? Gee, uh, that is that is an excellent question. Um, uh, yeah, I uh, am not an expert in FAA drone <laughs> regulations. Um, I know a lot of this stuff. Um, uh, bio goes up in helicopters and uh, has an amazingly steady hand with a very long wow. lens. Um, and I know he's always careful to uh, stay out of restricted zones. You know, hover right right outside of the boundary and get in there with the zoom. Um, so, Wild. uh, yes, he's, he's <laughs> definitely wow. a, uh, definitely a great asset to all of us. And I, I've been up in one of those helicopters once with the open door. And, uh, I, I gotta say, uh, take, take some strong, some strong, uh, uh, nerves to mm -hmm. do that on a regular basis. I don't know if I could do it. Yep. Um, well, if you want to, uh, kind of, see these shots virtually without having to hang out a helicopter yourself. Uh, we have uh, some great uh, updates on our, uh, on our website um, from uh, bio and from other uh, contributors um, at youtube.com. Uh, you can find some great videos of, of flyovers. All right, next. Uh, here is a question you might be asking yourself if you own a Tesla or another electric vehicle. Where can I charge my EV at Walt Disney World? Well, back in January, uh, John Self, our contributor, wrote an article uh, explaining exactly where you can go all across Walt Disney World Resort uh, to charge your EV. I do not personally own an EV, uh, but... 
if you do uh, and you are uh, signed up for the ChargePoint charging uh, service, uh, which is a nationwide network, uh, the world's largest uh, for charging stations, uh, you can uh, you find ChargePoint locations at the Walt Disney World theme parks uh, and charge up your car while you park. Very cool. Uh, have you ever taken an EV to a Disney park? I have not, but we did test drive one because we are a little curious for our next vehicle. Oh. Um, but I always look at them in the parks because all the theme parks around the country are adding these, you know, like Cedar mm -hmm. Fair Parks added a bunch this summer to some of their parks. So it's definitely, you know, a lot of people are changing over to an EV and you need to have these ports because a lot of people are driving to the parks from home, you know, along road trips. Yeah, you know, I I think it would be great, especially for tourists, um, to kind of spread the gospel of EV by having more rental EVs. Um, I, I got to say, I've not done this in Walt Disney World. I tried doing it on my last trip out at Disneyland. Um, one of the uh, cars that I could pick uh, when I was out there at no extra charge was an EV. Um, and I got in it. I was all ready to take it. Um, until I realized that nowhere in the car were there any instructions on how to charge the car, yes. what it needed. I'd like, I feel like a as a consumer, if I'm renting a car in a, a city that I'm not super familiar with, like if you're going to rent me an EV, then you need to like give me EVs for dummies. And I need a cheat sheet of knowing like I did, couldn't even figure out how to open the EV port or like what type of ev charger i needed to go to to recharge it and even knowing that disneyland had uh you know charging stations at their parking lot i wound up not taking it because i was afraid that i wasn't going to be able to get it recharged and get stranded somewhere it's funny you say that i actually had an ev over the weekend at silver dollar city okay um they didn't i didn't know this charging part ports um i wouldn't have known how to charge it even if they did no, they, have yeah. it I looked in the glove compartment and everything. There was no, you know, I need need simple instructions right. to tell me how to do this. I, absolutely. And, you know, and what, one time we rented one in L.A. and it was not even fully charged when we got the vehicle. So uh. we brought it back. And then another time I was actually with a friend who had an electric vehicle rental at Disneyland and they didn't put the cord in it that you need to hook up to uh. the charging point. So, so yeah. my, uh, my cases with renting uh, an EV have not been the greatest, but I think yeah. that's just like you know, we need to learn about it. I just don't know how to do it. Which is a shame because, I mean, years ago, um, the first time I drove a, a Prius, a hybrid, was uh, was through a rental. And it really, you know, opened my eyes to, to how nice they were um, back in the day. Uh, and I wish I could have the same experience with an EV and become you know, an EV convert. Um, but uh, yeah, they need to, they definitely need to uh, cut down on the idiot factor for people like me who can't figure out like, uh, where do I plug this thing in? I know. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, if you are, if you already are an EV convert, uh, you're driving your personal vehicle or uh, you're renting one, um, in addition to uh, parking at all of the uh, theme parks, uh, all four of the Disney parks, uh, ranging from four to five spaces, depending on the park. Um, you can also find them at uh, some of the official Walt Disney World Resort hotels, uh, including Carnado Springs, Riviera, and Wilderness Lodge. Um, uh, in addition, uh, if you're staying at uh, uh, the campsites um, at Fort Wilderness, um, they offer standard wall outlets and level two NEMA 14 to 50 
uh, outlets that can be used if you have the proper cords and plugs. So uh, look into that ahead of time um, uh, if that's your case. Very cool. And then uh, some other uh, resorts that you can find with charging stations are the Swan Reserve, uh, the Hyatt Regency Grand Cypress, and the Wyndham Grand Orlando uh, at Bonnet Creek. Uh, and if you're, uh, if you have a Tesla, you can find Tesla chargers in the valley parking areas at the Waldorf Astoria, Shades of Green, and the Four Seasons. So, um, they've also got some charging options at Disney Springs. Uh, and, uh, we also mentioned the car locator app inside the My Disney Experience mobile app that can also help you out with your car issues. Very handy after a long yeah. day. <laughs> yeah, so this is definitely, uh, this is an article. If you have an EV and you are driving to Disney World, this is one you are going to want to read. Okay, next on our list, back in January 18th, uh, beginning of the year, Samantha Davis Friedman wrote a great guide to how power-up bands work in Super Nintendo World. And I got to say, after visiting Super Nintendo World, in Hollywood. I love the rides. I love the food. But I think the thing I spent the most time with was the power-up bands and punching blocks. Amen. Uh, the key challenges there, which is what you use the band for, are without a doubt my favorite, 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 favorite thing yep. to do in Super Nintendo World. And the best part, it's very easy. So yes. <laughs> you really just put it on. And if you want to you know, hook it up to your app, that's great. But it's very easy to use. Yeah, so the way these work is um, these are available uh, right now in Hollywood and in Japan, and they will be coming to Orlando uh, when Epic Universe opens. Um, and it looks like uh, it's kind of like a, a slap bracelet uh, with a big hockey puck stuck onto mm -hmm. it. It's a little bulkier than a Magic Band Plus, uh, but it also doesn't need any batteries or charging because it's just a, like an RFID tag inside. And you use these to trigger um, activities around the land. Uh, just like in a Super Mario video game, there are question mark blocks and power-up blocks all over uh, the land that you can punch. And uh, it ties to the app. Uh, you can register as part of a team on the app and keeps track of your progress collecting coins. Um, you can do activities including riding the rides, but also um, it uh, reacts to these key challenges, as you mentioned. Uh, and I think one of the neatest things about it is that you have to do a certain number of these key challenges before, before it'll let you into the Bowser Jr. challenge, which is, you know, it's, it's kind of unusual to have like an activity in a theme park that like you have to do something else before you qualify to be allowed that, into the yeah, secret it's, area. It's so special. Yeah. <laughs> Great for uh, creating FOMO. Um, and uh, some of those key challenges uh, are pretty challenging. Like the one that you have to time the punch just right to knock the the, the turtle on his back, yeah. the Koopa, over. Uh, I had to cycle through that a couple times to <laughs> get the, the timing just right. So yeah, um, it's definitely really fun. I'm excited if, to see that in Orlando and how it's yes. going to expand upon it with the more space. 
So this guide has everything you need to know about where to buy the bands, um, how to download the app, what you can do with it. Uh, and it's all based around the Hollywood version, but a lot of this is just as applicable uh, when it comes here to Orlando. So read it and get excited for 2025. Um, here's something in Orlando that was a little less exciting, but it definitely got some traction on our website. Uh, back in late August, we reported that Universal Orlando quietly took a lot of the songs away from Rip Ride Rocket. Uh, this is the music-themed roller coaster that's been around since 2009. And uh, it always let you select uh, both a genre and then one of a number of different songs in each genre to listen to during your ride. Uh, they didn't do a very good job of updating those song lists yeah. over the years. <laughs> Uh, finally, they updated and updated them by just getting rid of most of them. Um, yeah, this is pretty surprising. Yeah. You know, I don't know why they did that, but well, you know, I think this was kind of like a uh, simplicity and efficiency thing. Maybe guests were confused that they had to press a button and then press a button again uh, to first pick a genre and then pick a song. I, I didn't think it was that complicated to figure out. Right, but now it's just. <laughs> you pick a genre and that picks your song because there's only one song per genre. Uh, your, your choices uh, now are um, their classic rock slash metal song is Welcome to the Black Parade by My Chemical Romance. Uh, the rap hip so hop song is Humble by Kendrick Lamar. Club Electronica is Sandstorm by Darude. Pop Disco is Waterloo by ABBA, and Country is Man, I Feel Like a Woman by Shania Twain. And we can have arguments over whether any of these songs actually fit well into the genre. I, I, I would argue that Welcome to the Black Parade is not only neither classic rock nor metal. I would um, agree I would, that it's pop. <laughs> yeah, I, emo pop, I would say. Yeah. Um, but also they picked the worst part of that song to match up with a roller coaster. It's just all the, sl the slow the stuff slow in the part, beginning. Yeah. And the song doesn't even kick in until you hit the break run. Um, you know, the songs they originally had on the set list were all um, chosen and like timed mm -hmm. to kind of fit well with the roller coaster. And I don't feel like any of the, I think, they just sort of asked Spotify to pick them five random yeah. songs. Um, I do not consider this an improvement uh, at Hollywood Rip Ride Rocket, um, personally. No. But thankfully, you don't need to listen to any of these songs because the hidden songs are still there. And honestly, you want to listen to uh, The Muppets. You know, everyone wants to listen to The Muppets, right? Always. Yeah. Uh, I believe it's 9.03 or 9.04. One is moving right along and the other is the rainbow connection. Uh, but to get to those um, hidden songs, you just hold down the uh, Rip Ride Rocket logo on the screen when you sit down for uh, a 10 count and then let go and it'll uh, pop up a little hidden menu. You can type in a three digit number and uh, there's dozens and dozens, dozens of songs to pick from. It's the only acceptable one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, there's a couple others. Uh, uh, the Who uh, won't get fooled again. Ooh, that's that's good, yeah. And uh, back when the uh, the Blue Man Group was there, I used to like playing the Blue Man Group song uh, that was on there too. All right, moving right along. Uh, I promised that we would be talking more about Donkey Kong, and we are back around. Uh, this is the number three article wow. on our website for the year back in April seventeenth. 
we were shocked that uh, Donkey Kong Coaster was so far along all the way back in April that they were already beginning theming then. Uh, and it just, it really shows um, how, you know, Universal got stung with the opening of uh, the studios back in the early 90s when they opened a theme park that was really not ready for prime time. And mm -hmm. uh, they opened the gates, but a lot of the rides were just not ready to work. This time, it looks like they want all this stuff to be done, ready months, if not like almost a full year before uh, the official summer 2025 completion date. And we can see that right here in uh, the Donkey Kong ride, where way back in April, they were already far enough along to be adding theming throughout the ride. And it's a lot, lot further along now. It is wild. I have to keep reminding myself that it's mm -hmm. not opening up in 2024. It, like, honestly, it not looks like it, if, they t if they said this was a summer 2024 project, I would believe them. I mean, yeah, like... Same. And I, I would I would be shocked if we do not see large scale soft openings of this by spring of 2025 and, you know, even early spring, like, you know, n not like maybe guests, but, you know, uh, employees and, and invited people like I think they're going to want to start testing this stuff so that by the time summer of 2025 opens, everything is mm -hmm. is field tested, battle tested, all work out all the kinks. Well, we I volunteers tribute. We'll be some yes, of the I volunteer. <laughs> I volunteer. Um, yeah, and we, we talk about this a little bit in the article, why they would begin theming uh, this far in advance. Um, you know, part of it is, uh, you know, testing, wanting to see if we put this stuff up in Florida weather, what is this theming going to look like a year from now? Is this stuff going to hold up long term? Um, and also uh, some of these things are, you know, when you're building roller coasters, uh, sometimes you can't get to a spot. Uh, once you reach construction past a certain point, it's really hard to get those high lifts, those scaffoldings in. So you want to get some things themed out before you can't reach them anymore. Um, but it also just shows how rapid the progress on this whole project has been. Um, you know, we were all afraid uh, when the uh, pandemic hit and they put the brakes on this project and was put on hold. Um, you know, it was supposed to originally open by the end of 2023, um, but they really just pulled out all the stops to try to get this back on track. Yeah, and it's looking good. I am hyped. It's so wild to think we're going to have an entire new theme park in Orlando. Like, it, I'm just pumped. Yep, absolutely. And uh, we have, for our second to last piece of news, uh, this one <clears throat> is a little more controversial. At Universal uh, in both Hollywood and Orlando, uh, earlier this year, um, we have an article from July talking about the new disability pass that they rolled out at Orlando at Universal Parks. And I got to tell you, I read more complaints and arguments about this new system than anything else in the last few months. Uh, yeah. So just, just to recap, um, uh, Universal, Disney, all the major theme parks have always over the years had their own system for dealing with folks who are 
uh, disabled uh, who cannot wait in a regular queue. Um, you know, for many years, there was, you know, the scam that people would rent a wheelchair, even if they didn't necessarily need a wheelchair, because it would get them to skip the lines. And theme parks years ago got wise to this and started building their queues to be fully wheelchair compliant. Right. And also developing systems where folks who, for whatever reason, could not wait in a wheel wait in a regular line, uh, would have a, a return system where they could, uh, you know, get a, a return time. Um, at Disney, this is called DAS. Uh, Disney's revamped it over the years. Um, I go frequently to the parks with someone who uses DAS, and it, I got to say, it works great there. Um, Especially it, since they went mobile, I feel like it was just a game changer for the DAS system. Since since Disney's has been, you know, digitized, um, you know, I found that <clears throat> especially once you get approved for it the first time, if you're an annual pass holder, the re renewals have become much less stressful. Um, you know, there's a, a certain amount of stress if you're, especially if you're someone who has an invisible disability, um, you know, and is not, you know, used to having to explain to someone what your your needs and your limitations are. It can be very stressful. Well, and it's, um, that's it, what it, this is for. You know, there's mm -hmm. it's not for mobility issues. It's for it's, everything yeah. else, like IBS and anxiety, yes. and it's, that's that's really complicated to go yeah. up to someone that's definitely not trained or qualified. Mm -hmm as a medical provider, you know, to explain this to them. So I'm happy with what their system is now. Yeah. And uh, I know for, for all the parks, a lot of this focus uh, has been on folks with autism and other spectrum disorders uh, that make it um, difficult for them to, you know, uh, tolerate a wait in a conventional line. Um, and, you know, Disney went through a lawsuit years ago over this issue that kind of resulted in the creation of DAS. Universal, um, they went a different route. They uh, ended up teaming up with a group called IBCCES, uh, which stands for uh, the International Board of Credentialing and Continuing Education Standards. Uh, and this is kind of an umbrella organization that's worked with a bunch of different theme parks, including Legoland, yep. Six Flags, uh, Sesame Place, um, to kind of create standards um, for uh, accommodating people with uh disabilities, particularly autism, um, and creating like a standardized application. So they have something called an IAC, an Individual Accessibility Card, that you can apply for online um, with this third party. So you're not giving your personal medical information to Universal themselves. You're, you're discussing with a third party, and then they're passing the information on to Universal. And in theory, this should be a good thing because should it allow qualified, you know, people who right. specialize in this to be able to assess your needs. And then Universal is, you know, kind of ensuring themselves, like, you know, insulating themselves against accusations of bias or whatever, because they're just kind of taking the information from this neutral third party mediator. Right. Great. Right. Here's the issue that I have uh, or that I have repeatedly heard people have. Talking to IBCCES goes great. Filling out the form, providing the information. You do have to provide some doctor's information or uh, an, uh, uh, an individualized education plan or something like that. Um, but going to them is great. Then when they pass that information over to Universal, that is where the ball seems to be dropped. And I keep hearing over and over again about people who get approved by IBCCES, 
and are told, okay, here's your case number, go to Universal, where either, either Universal does not contact them back with a case number, or they get the case number, and then they show up at the theme park, and they find an hour-long wait at guest services to get the card stamped or whatever. The whole point is that they can't wait in a line. And in order right. to get this through this application, you have to wait in a line. And Universal's guest services, I mean, if you look on their public Facebook group um, for Universal, on a daily basis, there are people complaining, why isn't there a, at least a separate line or an appointment? Or can I do this electronically? Why do I have to stand in a line when the whole point is that I'm proving that I can't stand in a line? And Universal Guest Services is 100% aware that this is a problem and has done, as far as I can tell, absolutely nothing to fix it. It's, right. it's, it's one of these cases, um, and I, I'm going to jump up on my little soapbox right now. This is one of these issues uh, that we see repeatedly in various forms throughout various theme parks that would be solved the very next day if the CEO or COO or some other high-end executive was forced on a regular basis to attend the theme parks as a regular guest with their families, waiting in the lines, paying for the tickets, standing in line for guest services. If, if you know, if, uh, if the head of Universal Parks and Resorts had to stand in line for guest services in order to get this so that he could or she could get their family this necessary pass, I guarantee that line would be done in a completely different way the next day. Right. Um, but they are okay with guests having a bad experience day after day after day and receiving the exact same complaint over and over again. They're okay with that because it happens every single day. Um, so it, it kind of, uh, this is one of those things that is great in theory and terrible in execution, much less, much less, uh, much like communism, I guess. Right. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, if they followed through with the promise that they make to do this in the uh, efficient manner that they promised they are doing it, people would love it. But all I see all day long is complaints. Right, uh, and it, it, like you and said, it's a it's shame. It, when it gets passed off to them, because the company they're working with is the biggest in the game of yeah. the, the certified autism centers and whatnot. Yes. They're the company you want to work I, with. I haven't heard any complaints about IBCCES. Mm -hmm. It is one because because they work with Six Flags, they work with Legoland. Everyone I know who has dealt with them at, at Legoland has had not had a problem, um, but is consistently universal. You know, they say, "Oh, do this seventy-two hours before your park visit, and we'll contact you back." Um, I worked with a uh, with with a family um, with uh, you know a daughter with autism. That definitely needed this and the runaround that, you know, I sat on the phone for an hour. They sat on the phone for an hour. They still had to wait in a very long line and things were still messed up. And it's it's not just one occasional. It's messed up day after day after day for many, many people. Right. And that is all you see. In they the, don't uh, see passwords yeah. or groups on Facebook. They don't. Yeah. And they just there there doesn't seem any motivation for them to fix it. So it's a shame uh, because they got good publicity. They, they made sure that they went out and got good publicity when they announced this. Um, and uh, they've not been held to account for failing to live up to their promises. Uh, it's a shame. All right. Well, that is uh, the uh, second most popular article of the year. 
and before we jump into our most popular article of the year, we are going to hear a quick word from our sponsor. The Attractions Podcast is brought to you by MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. Whether your next vacation is a magical trip to the theme parks, an exciting adventure to the pyramids of Egypt, or just a relaxing cruise on the turquoise waters of the Bahamas, MEI Travel provides premium service and expert advice to help you get the most of your vacation. They are always free of any hidden fees or costs to you. Visit them at mei-travel.com. It's time for the main attraction. All right. And for this year's main attraction, uh, the most clicked on article on our website uh, in theme park news of 2023, way back in January, our reporter Theron White got super lucky and just happened to be riding Splash Mountain uh, before that ride closed, one log behind a boatload full of Imagineers. What luck! What luck! <laughs> and those Imagineers uh, apparently happened to be doing audio testing, previewing the soundtrack for Tiana's Bayou Adventure, uh, which is the new attraction that is replacing Splash Mountain in 2024. And this is one of those. This is one of those uh, cases where, you know, this shows uh, why uh, uh, it is important to have reporters on the ground in the theme parks on a regular basis. You cannot plan on this. You cannot count on this is one of those moments right. of kismet. Uh, and obviously it paid off because this was the most clicked on article that we had all year long. Uh, folks obviously are very excited and interested in the conversion of Splash Mountain into Tiana's. And uh, unfortunately, Theron did not get to overhear what they're listening to on their uh, audio devices. Um, uh, but uh, it was a lot of fun speculating about what might be coming to this new attraction. Right, and just how cool in general to be in that moment, like right, right. behind them. I mean, he got so lucky and just what a, what a cool story. and. I'm definitely excited for this, you know, just bring bring some fresh life to Magic Kingdom here at Disney World and Disneyland. So this is really cool. All right. Well, if you if you don't feel too creepy about like snooping on these poor folks when they're just trying to work, uh, we have a breakdown of all of the uh, executives that we identified <laughs> in these photos, uh, including uh, Charita carter who is executive creator producer for relevancy activations and she is a, a very notable figure she, she's been uh, at d23 and uh, in a lot of announcements kind of uh, the face of a lot of the announcements that they've done recently uh, we also spotted some uh, creative directors uh folks from imagineering um and uh so this is a fun little article a, a great moment that uh, Theron was able to catch and we were lucky enough to be able to bring to you. Um, we've got lots more articles on our website and videos on our YouTube channel about the transformation of Tiana's Bayou Adventure, uh, which is going to debut in both Florida and Disneyland uh, by the end of 2024. Very cool. Uh, well, 
I got to say, I uh, had a great year getting to discuss uh, all these stories and more with you. And I am so excited to come back in the new year uh, and talk more about uh, theme parks and what's going on in our own lives. Yes, I am ready. It was a fun year of news. It was, I really enjoyed doing this because I got a little emotional because I forgot Super Nintendo World opened at Hollywood this year. Yes. There was yes. so much that happened it's this year. So, yeah, I, I'm working on a, an end of the year article for Orlando Weekly right now and trying to squeeze in everything. I mean, uh, you know, for <laughs> kind of bookended by uh, Super Nintendo i got to see at the beginning of the year and then uh, going to hong kong for frozen towards the end of the year it's just uh, it's been a packed year and that's even without you know uh i guess we tron was probably the biggest thing that we opened here in orlando and pipeline um right. but you know it wasn't like uh it wasn't like a, a year of really huge new lands or anything here in orlando so uh can't wait uh for uh, stuff coming in 2024 and especially 2025 a lot of exciting Ooh, stuff yes. i am excited well before we go uh one last time we want to thank our sponsors uh mei and mouse fan travel uh we want to remind everyone please leave us a rating and a review wherever you listen to us spotify or apple podcasts uh, and be sure to follow us at attractionsmagazine.com and search Attractions Magazine on whatever social media platform you are using. Carly, where can folks find you in the new yes. year? Mm -hmm. I'm on Instagram at Adventures by Carly, and I'm on X at Carly Caramato. And you can find me at Eskaburski on all socials and at theunofficialguides.com, home to my new 2024 guidebooks. Uh, and until next year, uh, we wish you all uh, that you folks stay safe, try something new, uh, most of all, have fun, I uh, wish you a wonderful end to 2023 yes. and a wonderful start to 2024, and we will see you all again very soon. Yes, Take happy care. New year. Bye. Bye. Thank you.